This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So this is the podcast you've all been waiting for, the semiconductors. Are they value stocks or traps? We last looked at them last year in 2018, so I've given them a little bit of time to kind of figure out what direction they're going in, so it's a good time to look at them again. Uh, Several have just recently reported. They're on the fiscal year mostly, so we get them a little bit um, off the regular earnings. So we've gotten a bunch of them in now, and we're going to be able to tell a lot from what's going on with the estimates. So the trade roar, though, this has kind of thrown a wrench into the story of the semis. The general consensus was the following. Okay, so the inventory had risen which is normally what happens in the cycle. The inventory rises, some production is cut, and then the earnings go down a bit as the price also declines because the inventory is up. Um, But demand has somewhat changed, or at least that's the story. So thanks to smartphones, cars, refrigerators, everything that has the chips in it, the cycle was going to be different. Some people believed we wouldn't even have a cycle, that it was different this time, but we clearly are having a cycle because <laughs> inventory has risen, despite the people who said it never would. So there is a cycle, but some people then changed to, oh, we are going to have a cycle, but it's going to be much shallower than the past cycles have been because of this huge demand and all these new uses for the semis. But now, now we have this trade war, and then we have these new restrictions on companies like Huawei, which is the Chinese 5G uh, communications giant. And this week, the U.S. government put those tight restrictions on what could be sold to Huawei, and that caused some chaos in a lot of the technology world, and it could mean some devastation to U.S. chip makers, uh, mainly because they bought... Uh, over $20 billion worth of semiconductors last year. And I read somewhere that it's like up to like $67 billion or something is what their budget is on just supplies. So this is not a small player in the global uh, semiconductor, you know, consumer area. And so when these new restrictions were put on, everybody was kind of freaking out about it. And then I, I found this article that said, according to Morgan Stanley, 13% of Micron sales were from Huawei in the past two quarters, and Broadcoms over that time period were in the mid-single digits. So if they are restricted from selling to Huawei now, you can see what a big chunk, it's a nice little chunk there, of their sales could possibly go away. Um, some others with exposure are um, NVIDIA, and then you have a lot of other tech companies like Lumentum. Lumentum. They cut their fourth quarter guidance already on Monday based on these restrictions. And then Piper Jaffrey is estimated that for Lumentum, it was 18% of their sales in the prior quarter. Those are the ones that went to Huawei. Now, they're an optical component and commercial laser type of company. But you can see the immediate impact was like, well, if we're not going to have these sales, we got to cut the guidance. So then, because everybody was freaking out, the Commerce Department decided, well, maybe we were being a, a, a tad bit too too quick to make this decision. And then they came out with a 90-day reprieve that eased some of the panic. But that 90 days is not that long. Um, so that's out, hanging out there now. And so... 
you have these big issues with one of the big buyers and other things were coming out of the, out of the woodwork too when all of this was going on was that Huawei actually anticipated that these restrictions might come on. They were smart enough with their management, uh, good enough to know, hey, things could get a little dicey. We better protect ourselves. And so according to Bloomberg and uh, the Nikkei Asian Review, they've reported that Huawei has been stockpiling supplies. Uh, Bloomberg, I think, said it wasn't. It was only a couple of months. Uh, the Nikkei Asian Review is saying that they told suppliers six months ago that they wanted to build a year of crucial components because they knew this might be coming down the pike. So they've been doing this for a while. It sounds like. So if it was already stockpiling some of that demand, so that stockpiling. Uh, Behavior would have pulled forward a lot of the demand. So we don't even really know what's going on in this cycle, really, on the semiconductor cycle, because it's already, um, we've gone, you know, we're already past the peak cycle and it's gone down, inventory has risen, but now the demand is all messed up because they were stockpiling and they're one of the big customers. So no one can really tell what the cycle is anymore. It seems pretty chaotic to me. And now on top of all of that, we're going to look at whether or not it's, you know, a cheap stock here or the value trap based on the estimates we have right now. And some of that will include, um, you know, some of the worries the analysts might have about what's going on with Huawei. But since they have now put the reprieve on, I don't think many of the analysts have even had time to cut, say, Micron's estimates at all from Monday to the Tuesday when they changed their mind and gave the 90-day reprieve. So uh, so the estimates are going to be interesting. The analysts aren't going to cut that until they actually put the restrictions on. They're not going to cut it in anticipation because no one knows for sure if they're going to go on. So the even the estimates are going to be very volatile here with all of these semiconductors over the summer. So keep that in mind when you're looking at these because what could be a value stock today may turn into a trap or vice versa pretty quickly depending on what's going to go on. So remember, I want to get into what the value trap is another time in case you haven't listened to the other podcasts. So value traps can look just like a value stock. And that's because they have the value fundamentals. They may have the low PE, they may have low price to sales or like pegs. And you look at it and you're like, wow, that looks so cheap. But what makes it a trap is when you go over and look at the earnings. Are they in a decline from year to year? So the full year earnings. And so when you look at that, and if they are in a decline, that part is the E of the PE. So a stock may not be as cheap as you think if those earnings are taking a dive. So that's what makes a value trap. And we're going to take a look at five semiconductors now to see kind of where they stand. And I'm going to go with a lot of the big name ones, obviously, although I stuck one in here because... I th thought maybe this one might not be as impacted. So some of these are ones you know, one or two of them may not be as familiar. So let's get right into it because this is what we've all been waiting for. And I'm going to lead with the, the main one. I know you're all interested in, and it's the cheapest one out there right now, Micron. MU is a ticker, of course. So the PE is just 5.4 right now in Micron. It was trading... Uh, last year in 2018, as low as I think like three and a half times, and everybody was like, but it's so cheap. But 
let's take a look at those earnings estimates. What is going on? Are they, you know, stabilizing? They were being cut last year. Um, so let's dive right in. The, for, so for fiscal 2018, that's their last full year, they made $11.95. I'll just go out and say that was the peak of this cycle, basically, in earnings. Fiscal 2019, which they're in the middle of right now, they're expected to make just 640. So that's a decline of 46%. So I'm sure you can already be like, uh, okay, we know where this is going, Tracy. <laughs> fiscal 2020, analysts are not bullish about fiscal 2020, which starts in the middle of this year already. And that's down to 470, which is another decline of 26%. So fiscal 2018, they made 1195 by fiscal 2020, expected to make only 470. So, um, yeah, this is down, 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 still going down. It does not look like it's been stabilized yet or that they've hit a bottom in the earnings decline. So this is a value trap, as you have probably already figured out. Um, I took a look at the shares because they did get a bounce to start the year. So for the year, they're still up about 12% or so. But over the last month, when all of the trade stuff started busting out, the Huawei restrictions, all of this, they're now down about 18% over the last month. So they've lost a lot of their initial early year gains here. They report again in June, around June 19th. They haven't actually confirmed that date, but around June 19th. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to hear from them again. They did cut production last quarter, and that was before the trade war and the Huawei stuff really picked up. So this is going to be a key one to listen in on. But right now, despite the PE of 5.4, there's still a value trap. Then let's switch over to Broadcom, which is AVGO is the ticker. They're not as cheap, but there's still a value here with a PE of 11.8. So they report in June as well. On June 13th, they have confirmed that. So we, we will be checking in on this one too. But let's take a look at these estimates. So fiscal 2018, they made $20.82 a share. Fiscal 2019, they're expected to make 23.13. That's a gain of 11%. So it's moving in the right direction. And then taking a look again, even further down, fiscal 2020, but that's going to start soon, 26.42 or another gain of 14.2%. And some of the estimates have actually been changed in the last 30 days for the full year. One estimate has been revised higher in that time period. So this is not a value trap, but... Beware of the issues with the Huawei and those restrictions, as um, Morgan Stanley was saying, that mid-single mid digits is the sales to Huawei just uh, to them from Broadcom. So that could impact going forward. But right here, it is pretty cheap with 11.8, and it is not a value trap. It is a value stock here for Broadcom. Okay, let's switch over to the former beast of the industry, NVIDIA, NVDA. I feel like it's lost a little bit of its shine here since its earnings warning a couple quarters ago. Um, it's still not cheap, which is usually why I don't include it on this episode, but everybody's following it. And so I know you're all interested, so I'm including it, but the PE is at 28. So right away, we know it's not a value stock, but let's say it got cheaper still, then we could see um, take a looking at the earnings, 
could it be a value stock or will it be a value trap even if it gets uh, cheaper in the PE area? So fiscal 2019, they made 664 and then fiscal 2020 expected to make 541. So that's a decline of 18%. So we do have earnings on the decline here, but fiscal 2021, we see that booming up again. So 727 is the current estimate, which is a nice gain off of that 541 and still higher than fiscal 2019. So this is kind of an iffy one. I would call it a value trap right here just because of the decline that's heading into this next year. So three estimates are higher, three are lower after its recent earnings report. So the analysts were just kind of tinkering probably with their, you know, with their estimates and revising them slightly based on that last quarter, nothing super dramatic. So that's why they're kind of split there, but it's not cheap enough yet. So I don't know, could we call this one a growth trap right here? Maybe, maybe that's what it should be called. Um, because it does have that earnings decline. So year to date, these shares are still up 16.1%, but over the last month, they have fallen like Micron has down 17.7% during the last month when all this trade stuff is happening. Okay, let's switch over to the fourth stock, and this is LAM Research. We've talked about it before. LRCX is that ticker. The PE here is 12.8, so not as cheap as some of the others, but it is in the value territory, so we do have value fundamentals. Fiscal 2018, they made 1787. Fiscal 2019, they're expected to make 1433. So down 19.8% there, and then... Fiscal 2020 so far is just basically about flat with 2019, 1445. So that's up slightly. It's up, what, 12 cents or something in there. Um, So basically flat, we'll just call it. So that's not horrible. It's not seeing the huge declines that Micron is seeing there for next year. So the analysts are kind of unsure, it looks like, what to do about the next fiscal year. But because that earnings decline going into fiscal Uh, 2019 here, I'm calling it the value trap here. Year-to-date, these shares have done better. They're up 37%, and the one month, they're only down 4% here. So they've held up a little bit better. Maybe that's why you got slightly more expensive PE, even with those estimates being cut. And then the fifth uh, semiconductor is the one that's kind of the mystery one, and you might not have heard of it because it's a lot smaller. Vichay Inner Technology. They're out in Pennsylvania. That's why they don't get any love. I know I've mentioned them before on various podcasts, so I'm bringing them up again here. Their ticker is VSH. And they specialize a lot more in automobile semiconductors for autos. So they have a PE of 9.7. So they are in the value category. In 2018, they made $2.12. 2019, they're expected to make $1.65. So that's a decline of 22%. And then 2020, seeing a little bit of a rebound back up to $1.76. So that's good to see. We're not still seeing the continuation lower. But with this decline from 2018 into 2019, I would have to call this a bit of a value trap right here. Also, for 2019, three estimates were lowered in the last month, and then two were lowered for 2020 also during that time period. So the analysts were a little too optimistic maybe after the last earnings report, and they decided to lower a bit here to get more with the program. 
so to speak. So year to date, these shares are down 8.7%. So they're not holding on to gains like some of the others, probably because it's a little lesser known of the semiconductor and it's smaller. So it's moving a lot with the mid cap stocks and, and even the smaller uh, company stocks. One month, these are down 16.8% as well. Um, I don't think I said what Broadcom was doing. Let me let me check out that one. Broadcom, uh, year to date, they're still holding on to some gains. They're up eight percent, and one month they're down twelve point six. So, not quite as bad of a sell off in the last month as some of the others. But as you can see, we're still having troubles with those earnings, and that's what makes it the trap part of it. So, I really um, tell people to watch that with the semiconductors. Of course, you're never the earnings are going to turn later than the bottom, basically. So that is one of the flaws of following the earnings here is that the analysts are going to be slower to recognize the bottom. But for right now, and given after each earnings report, what the companies themselves are saying and what they're doing with production and pricing and all of that is leading them mostly to cut estimates, at least for this year, um, this fiscal year, but some into next year. And um, so they're and or they're on the sidelines. They're basically saying we're not sure yet. You know, obviously, there's not much visibility here. And especially now with the stuff going on with Huawei and the trade war, that makes it even more impossible for both the companies and now the analysts themselves to figure out what the true demand is. Because again, if Huawei is stockpiling, uh, most of these analysts would not have been including that in some kind of model that they're gauging for what the demand is like out there. So yeah, there's a lot of trickiness in buying some of these semiconductors. They are still cyclical, despite what everybody wants to believe that the cycle has been broken. It clearly has not because if you look at any of these charts with the earnings the price to consensus charts you can see the decline pretty clearly here but the question we all have is when will it hit the bottom when should i be buying back in for the up cycle but it appears not yet i believe everybody who was buying in at the end of 2018 was just too early. But as always, listen in on what the companies themselves are saying. They're not trying to sugarcoat it. And I'll be listening in on Micron's call coming up in June for sure and Broadcom's and anybody else who's reporting shortly because they're definitely going to have a lot to say about what's going on out there in the marketplace. So keep those things in mind. And I didn't cover all the semiconductors, obviously. There's a lot of other ones and even just other tech players that we could do this exercise with. But these are some of the bigger names that I know many of you own. So you can get an idea of how to look and see if they're a value trap. Now, also, you can go to Zax.com and you can plug in the ticker and look at the estimates on there like I just did for the show. And so you can plug in your favorite semiconductor over there and take a look. And you can look at the price and consensus chart as well over there. And we have other information like the industry rank and all of that, which gives a lot of good industry information about what's happening in the semis. You probably will have to look in a little bit different. Uh, some of the semis are in kind of their own separate industries. I noticed my Micron has like its own. It, it's the only one in its industry. <laughs> Not quite sure why that is, but um, they're special and they're on their own thing. So you can't really compare Micron, but you cannot. You can uh, do a lot of the other ones in a bigger, broader industry 
uh, analysis. So be sure to use all the information at your disposal when you're looking at these because this is a tough area. I rank it up there kind of with the energy stocks right now of trying to figure out what's happening with the businesses and with the earnings. So let's recap the tickers again in case you missed any of them. We had Micron, MU, Broadcom is AVGO, NVIDIA, NVDA, LAM Research is LRCX, and Vichay is V, as in Victor, S-H. So keep those in mind. And as always, you want to subscribe so that you can get all of our podcasts here. And when we do the value traps again, because we will, then you can be sure you don't miss a single one of these episodes. So we are on Spotify and I know many of you are listening over there on Spotify now. So I'm glad you found us there, but we're also on Apple podcasts as a standalone show and you can get the Zach's market edge plus the value investor podcast as a two for one on SoundCloud. If you subscribe there, but either way, make sure you get us and I'll be back again next week with some more value stocks. 